0: The Water Values Podcast, session 87.
1: Welcome to the Water Values Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to water utilities, resources, treatment, reuse, and all things water. Now, here's your host, Dayton McGibson.
0: Hello and welcome to another session of the Water Values Podcast. As my son Joey said, I'm Dave McGimsey, and thanks for joining me. Well, we have a great show for you today, but first, if you've been listening to the show and enjoying it, would really appreciate you leaving both a rating and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever other podcast directory you're using. Uh, that would be really uh, helpful to us and help get the word out about the podcast. Also, uh, thank you so much to a couple folks who have been... Uh, Twitter messaging with me or emailing with me concerning uh, the donate button on the website. So if you have been to the website recently, you'll know that we now have a donate button. I know I promised that way back six months ago. I just got around to doing it. So if you've been enjoying the show, also would really appreciate your donation to help keep the Water Values podcast going in terms of, you know, helping out with hosting fees and uh, with the... Uh, you know, the Libsyn fees and all the all the fees that are required to put the, the show on. So just uh, your donation would really make a difference and help out and keep the Water Values podcast solvent. So thanks so much. Uh, today, we are lucky to have Megan Glover, one of the co-founders of 120 Water Audit on. Uh, her history is with a wide range of tech-related startups and businesses, so she's relatively new to the water sector, but she's got a great entrepreneurial spirit, as you're going to hear. And I think that we need more folks like Megan in the water sector because her her thinking and her kind of broad visionary approach, I think, would really help the water industry. Um, and so you're really going to enjoy her insights and hearing how they brought uh 120 water audits product to market how they're thinking about future permutations of their product uh and getting it to getting it to market so it's fascinating stuff you're really going to enjoy it uh so with that said let's get on with it open the valves fasten your seat belts and here we go well megan thanks so much for coming on to the water values podcast really appreciate you coming on today uh to start off could you tell us a little about your background and how you got interested in water
1: sure well thanks so much dave for having me um it's a pleasure to be on the podcast and and interesting enough my background is not in water Um, i would say i got interested in water as a consumer in fact Um, my my background uh, i spent the last decade or more 12 years in different leadership level marketing and sales positions with startup and growth stage companies in indianapolis uh, primarily technology companies and my expertise there had really been entrepreneurship, and specifically bringing products and services to to markets across all different verticals, from uh, you know from marketing to uh, retail to manufacturing to healthcare. So, um, so that's really been my background and how I met one of one of the other co founders of One Twenty, Chris Baggett. Who um, you know? Who, who founded Exact Target, later Salesforce, and Compendium, where I worked, and I met with him. So you know, that's uh, that's where I met uh, Chris, and we were uh, we were grabbing coffee as as we did periodically since we met and, and kept in touch. Uh, oh gosh, well, I mean, at least it's been six to eight months ago. You know, whenever whenever the Flint stuff was was really, you couldn't ignore it in the news. And we were just grabbing a, a casual cup of coffee, and, and somehow you know, the, whole, the Flint and the water testing in general came up. And us being uh, solution-driven thinkers and, and uh, entrepreneurs, we at the end of the conversation, we ended up by saying we were in agreement. There's just got to be a better way for consumers to know what's in their water. So I went back uh, to my house, and um, I spent— I, I probably spent a solid hour, which as a mother of two, uh, you know, with full-time job and, uh, you know, and, and looking after them and whatnot, it is, is really precious, valuable time trying to figure out, okay, is my, is my plumbing safe? Um, is my, you know, what's in my water? Um, I, at the time, I, I didn't know what I was looking for, but apparently, I was looking for a consumer confidence report, and and then I, I looked at my testing options. So, um, coming from a line of marketing to online marketing, I looked at what's available, and the range was from things that I would never import my credit card into. They may be very reputable you know, testing facilities, but I didn't have the consumer confidence to give them my money to test my water down to going to Home Depot and buying a kit, but I don't trust myself, uh, you know, let alone, you know, that information enough to test my water. So long, long story short, I got interested because um, I think it's a problem worth solving for just giving consumers the information that they need to make um, decisions for their family and that's uh, that's what really interested me is being really being able to bring a a a solution to the market that would help um, consumers and businesses for that matter get to know what's in their water
0: sure and so you've identified the problem and, and I think people can generally figure out exactly what your product is from the from your from your description but can you tell us what that product is
1: Sure, our product is essentially a lab lab quality water testing um brought to your door and then emailed results within fourteen days. so our third co founder is actually um the water source no pun intended but but kind of pun intended he um He owns um a, a few commercial labs across the midwest and so when we uh when we were developing the business model and you know, we reached out to him and we said you know are are you seeing a demand of?" Consumers and businesses coming to your lab. And he said, well, I don't I don't know. I, maybe let me go check to the lab operations floor. But we're more, mostly industrial. Right. That, that's what we do. I don't I don't think so. And he came back and he said, oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, we, we are seeing a bunch of consumer demand, but we don't have a product that we can easily give them. You know, they can come into the lab and pick up a bottle or bring in a bottle, but we don't have anything that, that makes it easy. So I mean, what the product is, is it's very similar to if you have ever done a, um, a Blue Apron or a birch box or, um, you know, any of these subscription services where a, a, a very consumer-friendly, easy-to-read instruction box arrives at your doorstep. You open the box, and in our case, there is just a liter bottle. There is a liter, bo- liter bottle of water that you fill up with cold water after your pipes have settled um, six to eight hours, put it back in the box. We give you a return label that goes directly to the lab, and, e- and results are emailed within 14 days um, uh, of that of that test.
0: Okay, and so the, the, the reason for letting the water sit, you say – let it settle six to eight hours. What, what's the reason for that?
1: Yeah, so that's a, it's called first draw. So all the water, you know, water technical people will call it first draw. And the reason why, that, the reason why that's the case is that allows your pipes to settle entirely. Um, if, you're, if your systems run, so, so what we're trying to capture is your true measure of a primary contaminant. And the best way to capture that is by letting your pipes settle, settle between six to eight hours so that all of the sediment and what's in your pipes can really congregate, and so we can get the best sampling of um, of your water quality.
0: Sure, and that's uh, that's the same reason that uh, some of the guidance in terms of Flint, which you referenced earlier, said, "Hey, you know, let your let your water run for so long before you drink it."
1: Um, you're you're exactly right, and if you look at. Um, you know, EPA guidelines or CDC guidelines in terms of how do I mitigate my risk if contaminants are found? You know, flushing the system is always going to be something that you need to do. I mean, if if contaminants are pre, you know present, flushing your system um, for a period of time, um, and, and sometimes if it if the source is further down, like service lines, you're going to want to flush your whole house. But yes, flushing your system of water will uh, will get rid of uh, that surface level of sediment. Well, not I don't, I don't say it will get rid. Um, but it will mitigate, uh, the amount that's in your pipes.
0: Right. And so one one of the other, from what you've described here, it sounds to me like the, the big issue you're worried about that your focus is on is, is kind of the behind what I'll call behind the meter stuff that the customer owns, the pipes, uh, that are actually in the house, the plumbing fixtures and things like that. It's not the tap. It's not the water coming from the utility. Is that right?
1: Oh, you're exactly right. In fact, um, you know, our, our company um, is, is friends and family. Uh, was our first investor around. And the majority of those investors are actually water utility folks who are very excited about this idea because, frankly, they can't be at every tap. And, you know, they're doing everything that they can day in and day out to ensure that the water that, that leaves their facility is, is clean. And, um, you know, I think what we're learning in, in our, you know, brief go to market is there's needs to be so much more awareness about where the contamination actually happens because it happens after it leaves the plant for public water supplies. Now, you know, we also have a well package as well, but, um, but you know, yes, we're talking about downstream, either you know, service lines or lead in your own home. That's where the majority of the camp contamination is coming from.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to hear you say that because as, a, as someone who deals a lot with utilities uh, they have done a lot to try and educate the public about the safety of their tap water. And so I think it's, it's, that's a really important piece that your, your product is testing for. It's aimed at you know, contamination that, that occurs after the water has let the, left the plant and essentially is within the, the consumer's own home.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. And I mean, our best scenario would be someone who is purely on bottled water right now because they just don't know, uh, signs up for our product. Now they know th- that it's safe to drink and they stop buying bottled water and start drinking their tap water. Um, it- it's a win-win for everybody. So, so, so part of our value proposition is just awareness of knowing what's in your water. So uh, one, you can either drink it or uh, take measures to, again, mitigate your risk.
0: Sure, and, and so we we've talked about kind of the connected to the public water supply issue. You just mentioned uh, you have a well package. What are what are the various markets that you guys are serving?
1: Yep. So so back to the business model. Again, one of the things we wanted to do is make make testing very consumer friendly because it's it's very complicated right right now. And um and so we sat our chemists and everyone we sat around a table and we said, okay, what are the broad cat product categories that we could enter the market with that would resonate with primarily hundred uh, percent of the concerns across the U S so our product categories right now are city well and drilling. So our city category would map to anyone who is on a municipal um, water supply well is obviously a uh, private well, and then um, drilling in um, gas or oil fracking areas and, and what we've done is uh, we've tried to contain costs because, again, these are laboratory quality costs. And within those packages, we've identified what are the most prevalent and most concerning primary contaminants within each of those areas. So, for example, in city we're testing for lead, arsenic, and pH. In Well, we're testing for nitrate, uh, lead, arsenic, and pH. And then in NUD, uh, in the uh, drilling category, we're testing for barium, conductivity, um, lead, and pH. So, what we've tried to do is kind of based on our expertise, uh, to kind of self-select or predetermine what they should be testing for um, for indicators of a problem.
0: Sure, and and so it sounds to me like this is this is all residential. It's all aimed at the drinking water folks, um, and that is, I think, that's unique because you mentioned it. Earlier, when you were talking about kind of the the water knowledge or the water tester, uh, is that I've I've had other folks on that have talked about water testing, but they've all they've all kind of said that the the testing industry, at least in water, is the industrial market is your kind of way in before you can mm-hmm. really expand. And so you're you're taking a really innovative approach here of. Uh, going straight to the consumer rather than ha- using industry as the testing field, and so I think that's really unique. It's that, and the fact that you you're not a uh, historically a uh, just a water person. You you bring a unique and fresh perspective to water. So I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I I think that, you know, I think that's an interesting observation. And, um, and I think you're right, I think we bring a very consumer friendly, you know, eyes at, um, at what could be the solution to, you know, I don't even want to call it a problem, but a new way of looking at things. um, Now that I think, the public is more aware that not every tap is being tested and not at the fault of anybody. But, but truly, it's just like, you know, as a consumer um, of, of food, why do I choose to buy hormone-free milk, um, you know, these days? Well, it's a conscious decision that I make based on the knowledge that, had, that I've been informed about. So, um, and, and water quality is no different.
0: Sure, and and let me just also say that I think what you what you the sentiment you just expressed is exactly what the utility industry needs. Uh, that we need to be more consumer friendly, more uh, engaging with our customers, um, and w- you know one of the things that that uh, I've mentioned previously, uh, I've had Charles Fishman on before, as as longtime listeners know, and one of, one of I think. The, the things he said uh when I was mediating a or moderating a, a panel one time was when 's the last time a utility actually went out and hired a marketing person from like <laughs> from like Colgate or uh you know a big uh you know fortune five hundred company to get that message across and I think you guys are are doing a great job uh helping utilities out in that regard, so i think I just want to commend you for that but uh the the next step obviously is you've sent your your sample in, you get your email back in fourteen days. What do you do with the results? You know, what what if what if the results show something that you ought to be concerned about? What what are the remedies for that, or what do people do?
1: Sure. Well, we're first. I mean, we're we're fully anticipating that by and large the results are going to come back good. I mean, just because everything we just talked about, you know, it, we're not we're not in this business of fear. We, we just are in the business of peace of mind. Um, so, you know, if if though the results come back bad um or excuse me, um if they come back higher than the EPA's recommended maximum contamination levels, then what we do is we have a guide that we will walk um we will walk our our, our customer through. Um, and and our guide is based on you know CDC and, and EPA recommendations. You know, we are not um we aren't in the business of solving their problem unfortunately and not because we don't want to, but because you know unfortunately there's not much that I can do to go and replace your service lines if that's where um, you've located the lead. But what we can do is provide a handful of things again to mitigate your risk. and if you really you know if you've located the source, for example, to your home, then we can tell you that the best option there is to completely redo your plumbing and 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 get rid of the source entirely. But if that's not an option, um, you know, certified filtration systems, Flushing your water is a good temporary option. Um, and then, you know, our, our least and probably not favorite is bottled water. But if that's what you need to do temporarily to protect yourself, then, um, then that's what you can do. So, so we walk them through, Here's you know here's, here are the four steps. Here's where you can go to find a licensed plumber if you need to inspect your pipes. Here's where you can go or start here to go uh, find out about your service lines. So think of us as a guidepost. Um, again, we, we can't be the solution we'd like to be, and maybe eventually we will probably not, but you never know. Um, but we are a guidepost and we can be advocates for you.
0: Sure. And so that, that kind of leads into my next question. What, what if, have you done any, um, kind of testing to see if there is a market for a kind of a more enhanced test for someone who, you know, like an OCD type person that really wants to know everything that's in their water. Is that something that's kind of on your radar or?
1: No, absolutely. So, um, you know, we've launched. I would call with an what we call in the uh, tech world minimum viable product, MVP. So, we have consciously kept the scope of of tests that we have run very small. However, you know, we have been talking to. Um, you know, we are we are B two C, but we are also B two B with consumers. So, for example, we've we've talked to many um, daycares or private institutions that um, they're asking about certain tests, and so. Uh, we, I don't know that we're not in a position to roll that out to consumers right now, but what we are giving people are a menu of options and we can kind of customize their needs depending on, um, depending on the level of service that we're providing, you know, to the end consumer. But it is something that, that we talked about and we would like to get there someday where, where here's our basic package. And if you'd like to add all of these other things, just add them to your cart and there you go. Um, I, I think it's, that's where we'd like to go.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fascinating, uh, where, all the different permutations you could, you could, you could almost do like a la carte testing at some point if it gets sophisticated enough, it seems.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. and that's and that's the other thing you know right now we are we are um, you know partnered with with our lab and 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 going down that road but um you know what we've also talked about is not closing our eyes to other technologies i mean obviously we want to make sure that we are um, compliant and adhere to the you know, uh, safe drinking water act but um but you know we're not opposed to also looking at other technologies that completely revolutionize this process as well
0: right so uh, speaking of revolutionizing the process i you, with your tech background, I think can really add some value to uh, the, the water sector. And so I, I just am curious about your um, your impressions of the water sector and what the water market looks like and how it's different from maybe what you've historically done in, with, you know, uh, Compendium, I think you mentioned earlier. Uh, so so uh, are you seeing many differences or how, how, how does being a water entrepreneur differ from being a tech entrepreneur?
1: Well, let me sum it up in one way. I um, it was, like I said, we're, we're the operations and the business is headquartered in Indianapolis, but we, you know our partners are in Cleveland. And um, I was sending over a Google Doc with um, just some information, and I received comments back via fax. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't want to make a general statement or, or whatnot, but I think. Um, you know, I think that is, is part of where we want to go in, in phase two of what we're trying to do is utilizing technology and specifically, you know, software as a service, cloud-based technology to, um, to again, reinvent how we're capturing all of this data around water quality. You know, it's amazing to me. I, it, one of the main differences and a lot of the conversation has been about lately, where are the service lines? And, you know, if you if you um, have read any of the news, it, some of the answers are, well, we don't know because we didn't document this and, you know, we didn't keep a central database. And and that's neither here nor there. I mean, that I don't want to debate that point necessarily. But um, coming coming from a very data driven tech forward background, I think they're just I see just a whole lot of opportunities to kind of centralize and use that centralization to educate and make people aware of, you know, water quality beyond just, again, what the treatment facility can do. I mean, if we can really um, create a database and help them leverage, you know, where the trouble, you know, trouble spots are, um, you know, for consumers or businesses. I mean, I think it's a a win-win if we can leverage the technology and that um, and that approach to, to water.
0: So as you were going through that, something was going through my mind and it was, essentially uh, we know that tap water or that we know that the water leaving the water treatment plant by and large is safe and clean and capable of being consumed without, uh, without causing harm. It's, it's safe to drink. Uh, So, but there are instances where infrastructure is old. uh, There's been breaks and things like that. And uh, there could be instances out in the actual distribution system where contamination could occur has have you looked into or thought about um, a system of sensors within a utilities' water distribution system that could could provide testing data within the distribution system? I, I know that 's far afield from where wh- where you are or the product you 're given, but that 's just something that 's kind of popped through my head as we were kind of going through this.
1: Yeah, you know it's it, it is it is kind of future thinking, but I will tell you we actually have a, a meeting on the books in the next couple of weeks uh, with an entrepreneur who it's an app based sensor for um, for water management. So I think. Um, um, I think that that line of thinking is exactly, again, the forward thinking being able to integrate that into, you know, technology and kind of, you know, spot those issues before they become issues um, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, those are, it's forward thinking, but I will tell you, I mean, those are, those are kind of active conversations that we're having with water tech folks. Again, what, what's the tech out there that we need to be paying attention to that would aid our cause.
0: Sure. Uh, So the other piece of this is, if I can get back on track to where <laughs> where we were probably going, was um, in ter- we talked about and you, you gave your impressions of how the water sector differs from the tech sector. How, how has that affected or uh, caused you to change how you're bringing this product to market? I mean, what what is that process like in the water sector for you?
1: It's, it's definitely slow moving. <laughs> it, and highly regulated, it, so it's definitely a slower pace. I will say than um, obviously my background in, in tech and, um, and and it's funny even even in selling hundreds of thousands of dollar contracts, uh, you know, businesses with big budgets move faster than government. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is, right? But um, so I, I will say, you know, I think we are my my initial observations and pivots. Um, one of the one of the initial pivots that we made very early on is we decided that you know while we are focused on business to consumer, we were going to start to cultivate those business to business relationships not only with business to consumer companies like you know, daycares, restaurants, um, even B and B's, you know, any place where water is consumed, but we were also going to be proactive in. And, and facilitating those relationships with um, municipalities, and and let them know, you know, here's what we're doing. How could we work together? And those are just slower conversations. And I think we're also introducing a concept that maybe they want to think about, but they also don't want to think about. And um, you know, trying to establish ourselves to to let them know that hey, we're, we're not we're not a threat out here. We're we're trying to do good, and um, and there is good in taking some proactive measures. So again, long-winded way to say, I think, um, I think there's just a little bit more red tape that, that navigating than that I'm used to. But, um, but I will say every single conversation, every single customer that's that signed up so far, overwhelmingly the most positive, most rewarding feedback. I think I've personally and professionally ever gotten, um, you know, as a project I've been a part of.
0: Terrific. Now, uh, the, all that red tape, I think, is it's I get frustrated with it, too. But it's also there for a good reason. Right. Because they're dealing with the public health. And this is a very important uh, asset within the public health is is providing clean, safe drinking water. Um, one thing I think I ought to clear up just for those folks who may I think most people know about it. But you mentioned the consumer confidence report earlier. Could you just educate us about what exactly that is?
1: So the water treatment treatment facilities are required to do um, water testing to ensure that the water coming out of their facility is safe and clean and clear to drink. And the Consumer Confidence Report is just a report card of that. It shows um, by test, here's how they fared. If there were any um, elevated issues, it it shows that as well. But uh, by and large, it's a report card, uh, to put it in consumer language, of how how um, of the results of the tests coming out of the water treatment facility. Terrific. How was that for a one one sentence?
0: (laughs) That's very good. I think you captured the idea. And and, uh, for those folks who didn't know about it, they now do. So, um, well, Megan, you've been great. What what have I not asked you about that you think is important for uh, folks to learn about?
1: other thing that um in addition to just a new way to deliver a testing option to the market one of the things that is also um as important to us is the monitoring aspect depending on where you might live and you know and the areas in which you live so we call these kind of um we what we call this is um areas with that are high risk for contamination. So, for example, you know, if you're on a well and you've ever tested high for nitrate, which is a common um, common contaminant from um, agriculture runoff, you know, chances are that's not going away necessarily on its own. So, the, the whole concept is not just a one and done. And um, and I think uh, the if what you're reading now a lot uh, again about as a byproduct of the Flint and and how it's it really is you, if you're on. Older infrastructure, whether that be in your house or you know in your service lines, that the need to monitor is as important as just checking your water in the first place. So um, obviously, it's up to the consumer to sign up um, for the monitoring. We offer one test as well, but I think that's also going to be a, a topic of conversation moving forward as 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 we relook at at guidelines and whatnot. Um, so I think we're probably a little forward. Uh, forward thinking in that model as well but it's something that we do like to impress upon people especially if they live in those high risk areas um, for contamination.
0: Sure and do do you have kind of a recommended schedule for that monitoring?
1: Yeah every 120 days is how we're set up now. Now um, folks could that's we have it all set up again we've used technology to kind of automate that but if people wanted to test sooner they certainly could but every 120 is what we're recommending.
0: Sure And uh, for those folks, again, you've been fantastic. I I have learned a lot, as I always do in these interviews. But uh, for those folks who want to find out even more about uh, you and your company, where can they go to get that information?
1: Sure. Uh, They can go to our website, um, www.120wateraudit.com. And all of the information um, is is there. And and we're always looking for feedback as well. So um, my contact information or info ad is there as well if people have questions.
0: Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, Megan. Really appreciate your time, and it was great speaking with you.
1: Wonderful speaking for you. Thank you so much. Uh huh. Bye.
0: Well, that was my interview with Megan Glover. She was fantastic, and I love the entrepreneurial spirit she's bringing to the water sector. You know, we need more people uh, like Megan in our ranks. Uh, so, I've been buried recently with with work. You know, I'm doing rate case pre- preparations, getting a number of deals closed, uh, whether they be real estate or stock redemptions or other types of, uh, you know, business transactions. So I've, I've barely had time to keep up with the podcast. Uh, although I did uh, carve out an hour to uh, get the donate button. Again, thanks to the folks I've been corresponding with who've been pushing me to do that. So appreciate it. Um, a lump on top of all that work that we finally found a house. We've been living at my in-laws for six months as we kind of looked for a new house. Uh, and we finally found one. We're closing on it soon and uh, it's it's just been a whirlwind of activity here. So uh, you'll forgive me if I my only takeaway in this episode is going to be exactly uh, what I mentioned earlier about the the entrepreneurial spirit and uh, that we need more of that in the water industry. And 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 think about it this way: I mean, Megan said it took six to eight months to get their product to market from because she talked about having the the the, the coffee with Chris Baggett. And then all of a sudden, bang, uh, less than a year later, the product is uh, out there and to market. And I th- I think that's incredible. Uh, that's like warp speed for the water industry. So uh, please let us know what interested you about the interview by posting a comment on the show notes, which can be found at thewatervalues.com forward slash pod 87. You can email me at David at the You can tweet at me at DTM one nine nine three or tweet about the podcast using the hashtag water values. I really appreciate your support spreading the word again, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher or whatever other podcast directory you're listening on again, greatly appreciated and would really appreciate your donation to help keep the water values podcast going. So in closing Please remember to keep the core message of the Water Values Podcast in mind as you go about your daily business. Water is our most valuable resource, so please join me by going out into the world and acting like it.